Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, to provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. Well... We want to welcome Billy McKinsey to our podcast on miracles, healings, and deliverance. And uh, how are you doing, Billy? Doing good. Uh, how are you doing this evening? We're doing good. So uh, you've witnessed many healings and miracles through the years, and you've told me a lot of different stories, and I've heard you when you've been ministering, and it's been a really big part of your ministry. And I know it's hard to explain. I'm kind of asking you a hard question here. But uh, can you tell us when, like, you're praying for people for a healing or or when you're in the midst of one happening, is there an atmosphere of faith or do you feel off the people desperation or just a need or brokenness in that person on their behalf, or is it just unexplainable? What's your take on that, Billy? Uh, no, it isn't unexplainable. A lot of times when I start to pray for somebody, I'll get an irresistible uh uh, feeling that I have to speak what I believe God's telling me at that time. In other words, I, if just for me to go up and pray, I've prayed for people before that will come to the altar and say, what do you need? And they'll tell you. And I've prayed for them and believe by faith. And I know it's it's only the Holy Spirit anyways. We can't do nothing. Amen. But there, there's times when I, I just feel like an overwhelmed sense of the Holy Spirit. And at that time, it's like a... a, a, a a surge of faith will come in. I believe they're going to be healed. And then a lot of times they are, or, you know, so it's, again, it's nothing, nothing that I, I can't explain any other way. It isn't something I can say, well, tonight I'm going to pray for people and they're going to get healed. Right. You know, I, I know a lot of people say tonight's a healing service and people's going to get healed. I don't know that they're going to get healed. <laughs> it's all Holy Spirit yeah. that's going to have to do it. Well, that explains it. It's unexplainable, and it's a move of God, and it isn't something that you have a format for, basically. It just happens when the Lord wills it. So my second question to you is, uh, can you share some of the examples of what you've seen or been a part of? uh, Yeah, I I would, the first time I ever experienced anything in the way of, of a healing or a, a moving of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. Uh, I wasn't even preaching full time. Uh, and I was with my pastor, a countryman and church I went to for many years. And he had asked me to go off uh, overnight with him to a, uh, a couple of hundred miles to a church he was going to minister. And so I went with him. And he had a Saturday night and Sunday morning service. He was coming home after service. And he he ministered to two services, and I was just there as a companion. And so he had a, a prayer line formed at Sunday morning, and people were coming down, and he was praying for him, and I was standing beside him, and I was more or less just kind of agreeing. I wasn't saying anything. I just lay my hands on them when he lays hands on them. He would pray. I didn't say anything. 
And as we were spraying and going through the line, a young girl come up. I don't know. She could have been maybe 20 years old or so. And he started praying on her, and I started praying. I had my hand on her, and, and I was praying. And all of a sudden, I said, uh, I said, you have said in your heart, give me a son like Hannah had Samuel, and I will dedicate him to you all the days of my life. But I would say unto you, you shall not have a son, but you shall have a daughter, and she shall be like Ruth. And I, I ended that. And I thought, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, how I, you know, it was a lot. I wasn't praying for anybody, and all of a sudden, all that came. So I didn't, didn't say no more. He just looked at me, and he went on praying for the rest of the people. So we got in the car, and we was heading home, and he said to me, I can't believe you did that. So I said, oh, well. I said, well, you know, I believe God told me. But he said, well, you don't. I know that family, and you don't know those people. You've never been here before. And he said, I know her family, and that girl has a medical condition that she will never be able to have children. And she's not married yet. She's getting married. And he said, you not only told her she was going to have a child, but you told her what sex the child was going to be. That was going to be a girl. Praise God. I said, well, I believe God told me to do it, and that's why I did it. Amen. Amen. So we went home, and there was no more said about it. So about a year went by. And the pastor of that church came to our church, and he was preaching. And somewhere in his preaching, he said, uh, last time when Pastor Davis was in our church preaching, there was a, a younger fellow with him. I was young at that time. It was about 40 years ago. They were close, right right around there somewhere. Amen. And he said, he said he, th- meanwhile, this girl had got married. And he said he prophesied over a girl in our church that she was going to have a child, a girl. And she got married and she got, she did get expecting, but the doctor said, you can't carry this child. You're not going to, it's not going to live. And what we have to do is have an abortion on the child. And she said, and she said to the doctor, a man prayed over me and told me that I was going to have a girl. And she said, I am not, I, I believe the word of the Lord. And he said, she had a perfectly healthy daughter and she called it Ruth. So that was, that was the the very first, uh, you know, experience I had with like a miracle, you know, praise God. Thank you, Father. Is there another, another story was, you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's many stories. Go ahead, do as many. Uh, we my, uh, well, uh, you know, on a, uh, Jimmy Forrest, we used to call him JJ, but uh, Jimmy Forrest was married to uh, Mary Allen uh, Lovell. And they had got married. She was young. He was older, and they got married. And they went, of course, went to my church. We, that time, we had the church in Richmond established for a couple of years. And they was coming to church, and I knew that she couldn't have any children. She they had tried and tried and tried, and they just wasn't wasn't able to have no children. And they, she was upset, and she would come down once a week and get prayer to have a child. 
that was her any prayer, you know, which was understandable. Sure. And it was a Wednesday night. Wednesday night was always a week night for me because I was exhausted. I'd work hard all day in downtown in Richmond. And then I come home, get dressed, go to church, have the surgery. And it seemed like I was always more tired on a Wednesday night than any night. So this Wednesday night, the church service ended and I had an altar call. Mary came down. And, you know, I, I laid my hand on her and I just wanted to pray for her. And I, when I went to pray for her, I said, within 30 days, you're going to get expecting a boy. <laughs> Oh, that was... I thought, oh, my gosh. I said, I'm so tired tonight. You know, and I said, why? So maybe, you know, we didn't have a big congregation. We might have had 80 people. And I said, why did, you know, everybody look at me. I said, why did I say that? Maybe they'll let it slide, you know. <laughs> Too many so I didn't pay no more attention. I didn't say no more about it Sunday morning. She didn't say no more. So, well, thank God it's all over. They forgot about it, you know. But then about... Three and a half weeks went by, and I said, anybody got a testimony? You know, Mary raised her hand. I said, what is it? She said, I'm expecting. There you go. And then when she found out, it ended up being a boy. Her first one was a boy. So So I feel you heard from God, Billy. Yeah, so, I mean, that was right on the money. And then, of course, I had a situation with my sister-in-law. My brother-in-law, Tom's wife, had surgery, open-heart surgery. And she had a wound. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, I didn't see it, but she had a wound by her stomach somewhere. And it wouldn't heal. It wouldn't heal over. It wouldn't scab over. It kept, it's, you know, uh, I don't want to, what the word would be for her, but it would leak out. Yeah. And he had already told me, he said, Karen's got this problem. And again, it was a Wednesday night. And she came down. And I said, well, we're going to pray for it and believe God's going to heal you. And we just prayed for her, you know. And Tom was definitely not a Christian at the time. You know, nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church. We was all a bunch of bams. And she went home. And the next morning, Tom called me on the phone. And he said, Billy, I don't know what happened. But he said, Karen went to church last night. And when she got home, her wound was all scabbed over. Now, how that happens, Praise I don't God. know. Praise but that was God. from the church to the house, you Amen. know. Amen. And so she healed. She healed right up, you know. Praise it was God. like an instant healing. Praise it, God. It, yeah. It, yes, it was an instant healing. And of course, there's there's a lot of others. But the one thing that blessed me the one time because I I didn't pray for nobody, and, and that's a beautiful thing. It's just it's strictly the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that goes in. Bill told and, a testimony about the blind man last night, and uh, yes. that's coming up on our podcast with this. And he said the man was praising God. No one prayed on him, and the Holy Spirit just healed him. That's exactly. Well, that's what happened here. I was in a church in Macon, Georgia, that I got asked by the story. Really, it's a beautiful story how it played out. I, I can't do it justice because I don't want to take all the time. But it, it it was orchestrated all along by God. Amen. Amen. And uh, it always is. But, I mean, this was actually unbelievable orchestrated by God. And the wind-up is I, I got into a church, the, uh, a big Methodist church, and the pastor by, asked me if I was a preacher, not dressed like I had work clothes on, no Bible. 
said, yeah, I am a preacher. Would you preach? You know, God, he actually didn't say, would you come? He said, God, I've been watching you. God told me to have you preach Wednesday night downtown. And he had five churches in our other church. So I told him I would. And I went down and I was preaching. It was (laughs) a Methodist church. I was preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, while I was preaching, uh, I had an altar call as soon as I got done. And four or five young men come down to the front. It was a rough church, very rough. And they said, we listened to you and we want to get saved. And I said, well, let's pray and believe God that, you know, and I'll lead, you know, repent, ask God to forgive your sins. And as I was praying for my, I, I, for my, I seen a, a young girl, 19, 20 year old, uh, trying to step out real quick out of the pew into the aisle and instead of walking to the front, she ran to the front. And as she was running to the front of the church, she had her hands both lifted. And when she got up to where the, the platform was, she started spinning around screaming in a circle crying. She was crying, but she was screaming and laughing and spinning. And I thought, wow, this is pretty unusual for a Methodist church. Amen. So I figured the pastor that was there, the head pastor was sitting there, and the pastor of that church was sitting there. And I said, this man's going to tell her to sit down. And just as I thought that, he jumped up to his feet and took his finger and pointed at the girl. And he said, that girl can't walk. She's a cripple. My goodness. She didn't walk in here. She's come in a wheelchair. Hallelujah. And the power of God had hit her. And that's why she was crying and screaming and running and spinning like a top. Oh, it was, you know, it kind of reminded me of Acts chapter three, where the layman leaped and jumped, oh. and you know, and that's what she was doing. And it it had nothing to do. It was just the power of the Holy Spirit fell on Amen. the church and healed her. And you know, and that was quite a experience. Quite an experience, you know. Amen. Praise God. Is there anything else, Billy, uh, that you'd like to? Anything else you'd like to share about that? Any more healings or? Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot more healing. Of course, it was the one, you know, it's always been a time. I always noticed in my ministry a lot of times it's been an unexpected meeting with somebody. That's why when I wrote the book Crossroads, it was because it, it's our crossroads of life where we meet people at a crossroad. We're not, it wasn't something we planned. And a lot of these things was they weren't something I planned. It wasn't a plan going to this church or going to that or doing something. It was just God leading, you know. And I remember years ago in London, uh, I, I stopped off. I was had to go uh, some business in Amsterdam, Holland, over some church business about Romania. And I had told Peggy, I said, if you want to go with me, she had never been to London. I had At that time, I had been to London maybe 12 or 14 times. So I said, if you want to go with me, you've never seen London. It's a beautiful town. I said, I'll stop off on the way back from from uh, Amsterdam and show you London for a few. Oh, yeah, I'd love it. So she went with me, and when we stopped off, uh, Freddie Scarrett, the, one of the pastors there, a good friend of mine and his wife, uh, took us around for two or three days all through London, seen every sightseeing. We had a wonderful time. So the last night we were there, we're going to leave the next morning and come home. We went out to eat supper, and we was in a restaurant with Freddie Scarrett, and it was about 6 o'clock at night, 
And so when we got done eating, I was waiting for him to take me back to the hotel. So he said to me, oh, by the way, he said, you're preaching in a half hour. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're, I, he said we have a meeting. He said, we just started a new church in, in London. And he said, there's 200 travelers waiting for you. I told him you was coming. Well, I said, I'll go, man. I ain't got no Bible. I had the Bibles in the room. I said, all right. I said, well, I'll just borrow a Bible when I get there. So we left and we went over to the meeting and I got a Bible off somebody in the meeting and I preached. And when I got done, I had an altar call and a young, young girl and an older woman come together, holding hands down the aisle to me. And when they got there, they, the older woman kind of released her hand. And I said to the young girl, what is it you want God to do for you? And then she showed me her right hand, and it was deformed. It was crippled up. She said, my hand hurts a lot, but she said it langes me. She was a pretty young traveling girl. And she said it langes me, and, it, and it's sore. I said, well, sweetheart, I said, you know, I said, I can't, I can't do a thing for you. But I said in the book of Mark, chapter 2, I said, Jesus was preaching in the temple, and a man was in the temple with him, and he had a withered hand. And I said, Jesus just said, stretch forth your hand to be made whole. And I said, I can't do nothing, but Jesus can. And I said, stretch forth your hand, and she opened it up perfect. Unbelievable. And it was amazing. And so later that year, in the summer, that was in the winter, the following summer, Davy Jones called me and Ham and said, I want you to come over. Would you come and preach? We're having a big tent revival. Would you guys preach the main services at night? So we said, yeah, we'd be glad to. So we went over and we were preaching at night on the uh, the big meeting. Uh, uh, during the day, they had two or three other meetings going on. It was my turn to preach again one night. And I was making my way to the tent, but there was it was 8,000 people. So it was a, a huge crowd. And I was trying to get through all the people, the all kinds of travel trailers, and I was trying to get through to the tent. And I heard a woman call my name. And I stopped. And she said, Billy, Billy. And I stopped and I looked and she said, you probably don't remember me. I said, I'm, I apologize. I said, I, no, I don't remember you. Well, she said, last winter, you was in Slough in London. And you, a young girl come down. And you prayed for her. her hand was deformed. I said, yes. She said, I'm the woman that come down with her. And she's here tonight with her husband, and she wants to see you. But she said, I'll take you to her because I couldn't have found her. You know, 8,000 people in a meeting, there's no way. I wouldn't have known her anyways. It would have made no difference. So she took me and Ham at that time just come up behind me. So me and Ham and the lady went down to where the platform was, and she showed me the young girl. And she said, I just wanted to show you my hand to tell you it's still perfect. Man. And so Ham took Amen. a picture of her hand and her testimony, and we put it in one of our news bullets when we got home, you know. But, uh, you know, miracles like that was unexpected. I wasn't expecting to preach. I had no idea I was preaching. And uh, it's just the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, God's God's very gracious and very, you know, wonderful. Well, the Lord had a plan for that night, you know? Amen. Yeah, God had it. He had it all planned. And, you know, it, it's the same thing with, 
the maybe the last one I'll share you, and you already know the testimonies of it. But I was preaching I, I, on a Sunday morning in our church. Probably I, I think Ham was gone somewhere, and he asked me to preach Sunday morning instead of Sunday night. And I was preaching Sunday morning, and I, I don't. This isn't a rule. I never. Very seldom, much. I really have a strong sense of, that God's telling me to do it. I won't do it. Is to call somebody out of a seat and, and bring them up front. Right. You know, I don't. I don't do that. But I was preaching. I was down on the off the platform on the floor Sunday morning. And I'm preaching. All of a sudden, God said, "Stop preaching," and I stopped. And He said, "Call uh, uh, Benny and uh, Benny Branton and Epi, uh, Janie and Benny's girl." have been married quite a few years and they couldn't have any children and they had been going to a doctor in Jersey and finally the doctor sent her a letter and said you're not going to get expecting a child I actually have the letter a copy of the letter uh, you, you can't won't get expect you can't get expecting a child just be content and you know that sort, I guess, adopt or whatever. He didn't right. say adopt in the letter, but whatever, right? And so she was. She had another one that would come down all the time. But anyways, God said, "Call them up." Uh, he didn't say anything. He just said, "Call them up." So I said, "Well, I'll call them up." I don't know why. So I said, "Benny and Epi." I said, "Would you?" There was the very back of the church. It made quite a scene. I said, "Would you come up front for a minute?" And so they came all the way up front, and then I looked at Epi. And I said, I know you want a child. And I know that you've been told you can't have a child. But I'm telling you that by next August, you're going to have a son. And in September, we're going to dedicate him in our church. And the following August, you had our Benny or Henry, rather, following August, you had our Henry, and then in September, I dedicated him on our church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, that was and bold. So the, <laughs> well, it, but I mean, it was just irresistible. I could not do it. You know, right. it was one of them overwhelming, you have to do it. Yes. And because I don't do that and you know, on a normal basis. What I like but, about your uh, testimony is you really put yourself in a box that if... Yeah, they were pretty specific. I don't want to. <laughs> they were pretty specific. It wasn't somebody in this place has a headache kind of thing. Yeah. It was a little different. Yeah. It was pretty supernatural, <laughs> backed up with credible certificates and eyewitness appearance. It gets no better than that. And Amen. I love what you said, Billy. It's the Lord. You it know, is. you never it's take credit for that. You're very humble in that. Well, none of us of can take credit for that at all. No. It's only God. How would I? How could I predict a woman that can't have a child is going to have a son and what month she's going to have it in? Yeah, that, that was incredible. That was very you know, detailed, it's, it's yes. no possibly way of doing that. But uh, God, it, you know, I just it, I find that unless you step out, it's nervous racking to do it. But if you don't step out, I guess you're never going right. to do it for the Lord. You know. Right. And it, I get every a lot of people nervous. I'm very nervous to do it. Yeah, but Amen. people I can see where somebody's nervous to step out and say, "Well, people say I'm a false prophet." Well, Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part, right? Which right. means we don't know it all when we're prophesying, anyways. That's, that's right. That's You're right. doing it in part, you know. 
So we're, we're just doing it. As long as you're doing it, I believe, under the Lord, not to get a big head. Amen. Right. Or to be Amen. called a prophet. I don't know any of us as being prophets. Right. I'll be honest with you. Oh. I, I don't. I, if Titles. there's a prophet, I, I don't know them. You know, a lot of people self-prophets. And that's a prophecy. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. People Last... give a prophecy, but it doesn't make you a prophet. You know, okay. a donkey spoke and it didn't make him a prophet. That's, that's good. That's it. That's the good. last time you was in Phoenix, when I closed my hand, I couldn't open it. And you prayed about a hand that you got healed. Yeah. And I kept yes. waving to you all through the service. Like you did. did you, you did. And that was, and my that was an unusual it. That was an unusual thing, Billy. Yes, it was. Because there was three episodes. You was the second one. Yeah. You was the second one. Yes. And on the airplane going home, I was witnessing to a man in the back, one of the weights on you. Amen. And I said, would you like prayer? He said, well, yeah. I said, what would you like prayer for? He said, my hand. Amen. And I started laughing because That's he was right. the third person with the hand, with you know. Hands, yes. So we got Uncle Bill as a witness, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I closed yeah. my hand, it was when I would open it, I could hear it snap, the bones, like the knuckles. And it was that sore. It was on my, my, I don't know if it was arthritis or what. I never had gone to a doctor. But when you was preaching that message about the hand that got healed, all at once. Yes, I remember that. I, I looked over at you, and you kept doing that with your hand. Yes. Yes. Open and closing, open and closing, yeah. smiling. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's been beautiful ever since. That's it. Yeah. Oh, praise God. Praise <laughs> God. Amen. I can eat my hot dog and open and close it with no problem. Well, you can't get no better than that. That's you it. don't drop the hot dog. That's, That's it. Praise That's God. It. Praise God. I'm going to ask you the next question, um, Billy. If someone was seeking healing or deliverance, what would you advise them? I would have raised them to, uh, number one, uh, cultivate a prayer life. You know, if uh, you don't have to pray 24 hours. Right. Uh, um, if you can, I guess that would be great. But And I say cultivate. I'm not saying I have a tremendous prayer life. But if we fast and we pray and we seek God and get into God's word, uh, God's more likely, we're, we're more in tune with God because it's only being in tune with God. When God says, speak this or do that, God's going to move and do it. But we have to be in tune with him to tell us to seek it. Or we don't, if we don't hear his voice, how do we know what he wants us to do? So the best way to hear God's voice in miracles and different things, you know, I, I've had situations in the past where I've had to do a demonic activity as well. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I've, always spoke you know i i, I don't want to get too much in detail because of that right it, right it, it might reveal a situation with somebody right, but right. i i guess just to say that uh if we're in tune with god and we hear his voice and the way to be in tune with god naturally how would it be is this to seek him right you know Amen. And, yes. and, and and we seek him in his word we seek him in prayer we, we skip a meal to be more uh, denying the flesh. As we deny the flesh, we get more stronger in the spirit. Amen. And if it ain't in the spirit, it ain't going to get done. That's right. It can only get done by the spirit of God. Right. Amen. It's nothing we do. So we have to cultivate that spirit and, 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 and nurture it along, you know, yep. and, uh, and, Amen. and seek God. If God wants us for deliverances or healings, if, if God, if God ain't limited to one thing, he can heal, deliver and save. Amen. Amen. Right. So Amen. all that comes Amen. just by seeking a relationship, a, a better relationship with God. You know, I always, I've told my wife, 
told Peggy, I said, you know, I believe, this is my own personal belief, I can be wrong on it. I said, I I believe that in a, a, uh, a, a spectacular thing, like an unheard of thing, for somebody to pray and, and see blinded eyes open or see the dead race. Right. Amen. Uh, Reinhard Bunke's done it for years. Mm-hmm. He's passed on. Now, we know all kinds of people that did it. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth did it, Amen. you know. Amen. Uh, uh, Oral Roberts. Amen. But the thing of it, it is, I said, we look in the Bible and we wonder, we see the Apostle Paul and Elijah and all these men, but I said they dedicated their life to yeah. the Lord and they spent hours in prayer and seeking them. And I said, that's where it came from. Right. And I said, we go about our day and we pray for five minutes and we think we're going to have the power of Elijah or Paul and then it's not going to happen. That's right, man. You Some know, the, the more time we put in, the more. A month and, yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, so what I meant by that, I don't mean any spectacular. I maybe used the wrong word. Or it, it, it's a spectacular thing, but it's he uses everyday people, yes, just people man. that's willing to be committed to him. Yes. You know, look at Paul. Paul was a, a, a blasphemer, a murderer, and everything. Why would he use him? Because he was sold out to the Lord. That's it. And once we sell out, you know, make ourselves available, he'll move. Amen. Well, with that said, Billy, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? No, I'm just, uh, I would just say that, you know, there's ups and downs to everything. And, and you know, if you, I had a person years ago ask me when I was only saved a while and I was on, excited about the Lord. And they, you know, said to me, you know, you're quite excited. They said, you know, let me ask you a question. What are you going to do? What would you do if when you died, you was able to find out that there was no God? You found that out once you was dead. Mm -hmm. And you've served God. You're giving your tithe to the church and you're doing all these things. You're not, you won't go to a dance. You won't drink. You won't gamble. You won't do none of this. I said, well, if I find all that out. And, and I die and I find out there is no God. I said, only thing I can say is I don't gamble no more. So I'm not losing all my money because I lost a lot of money gambling. I wasn't a good gambler. I said, I don't drink no more. So me and her ain't killing one another. I'm not waking up with hangovers or maybe wrecking the car. I don't, I'm not trying to chore rowdy off of somebody or do something. So I'm probably not going to go to jail in that area. So I said, even if I find out that there's no God, I still had better benefits living the life I'm living. <laughs> right. so I said, what are you going to do when you die and find out there is a God? That's right. That's right. Right back at no. you, huh? Amen. Yes. Yeah, so. That was good, That's Billy. It. That's it. That's good, well, Billy. We just, you know, we just got to... We're a win-win situation that's it, by serving God. That's Amen. that's what I'd say. You know, your life's better. Your relationships with your families is better, and you're probably more healthier. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Well, Billy, we love you. We appreciate you taking this time out because I know you're busy, and I can't explain how much we enjoyed this. And I really feel like it's going to bless a ton of people when they hear it. Amen. Well, I thank you for the opportunity. I did take it lightly. I appreciate it. Keep our ministry in prayer. Thank you, Billy. All right. I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. I'll be long. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. 
please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may you grow in His Word and Spirit. God bless.